It's true that my own country, Malawi, is one of nine countries alongside South Africa, Tanzania, Ethiopia, Kenya, Nigeria, Zimbabwe, Uganda and Zambia, whom collectively have lost more than $2 billion in the last decade from losing trained medical doctors to Western countries. And that this reality has contributed to a situation where one in 10 doctors in the West was trained in an African country. One in 10. My name is Dr. Asha Sefenit Wadasi. And like many people of African descent, I used to live in the UK, but I always had a dream which developed into a plan to move to an African country of my dreams. After traveling around several African countries on the African continent, I finally settled on Malawi, a small country the size of the UK, which is in the east side of the African continent. And I love it here. My podcast is about my life in Malawi, how I got here, how I'm managing to stay here, and some of the interesting things I get up to during my daily life. I also focus on helping you to break through with your own best life plans for living in your own hot country of your dreams, or just having the life you want. I also look at your money freedoms, your job freedoms, and many other things that can help you to get that best life. So stick with me as I take you through the Living Your Best Life in Africa experience. It's going to be a blast. Greetings, everyone. You're listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast, and this is episode 100. And 45. If you're a regular listener, it's great to have you back. And if you're a new listener, it's great to have you on board. Remember to like, share and subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. And remember to look at the show notes where you'll find a great little free booklet with lots of ideas that you can use to start making your own best life plans. So I'm here getting ready to start the first phase of building my house. Of course, again, if you want to follow what I'm doing, then you are going to need to join my Facebook group for the exclusive inside information. And you can find a link to the group at the bottom of the show notes where you're listening to this episode. So whilst I'm researching building materials for the first phase of building my home in Malawi, I was busy on my computer and up popped an article that made me sit up and take notice. And the article was about whether Africa was losing the brains of its youngest, brightest talent and some of its most prized, highly trained professionals and instead is gaining the dependency of old African descent people from the West who will eventually become dependent on the very services that Africa cannot provide to its citizens now. And this was the picture that was being painted. And this picture made me sit up and take notice because it's an aspect of living in Africa that I'd never really thought about in the way in which the article was suggesting. And then it made me think that myself, 
and lots of others. Well, we actually fit the profile of people who are likely to become dependent because of our age at being over 40. Except, I don't believe this is a fair or accurate reflection of what is actually happening here. Because it assumes that those of us who are black-sitting, i.e. leaving Western countries to go and live in Africa or the Caribbean, that we are the sickest or the ones likely to become the most sick when we get there. And I don't believe that that is true. It's true that my own country in Malawi is one of nine countries alongside South Africa, Tanzania, Ethiopia, Kenya, Nigeria, Zimbabwe, Uganda and Zambia, whom collectively have lost more than $2 billion in the last decade from losing trained medical doctors to the West. And that this reality has contributed to a situation where one in 10 doctors in the West was trained in an African country. One in ten. And so we do have a situation here where some of the brightest brains, at least in medicine, are leaving African countries and going to the West. Currently, there are 350,000 medical doctors in the UK, 35,000 of which were trained in an African country and then left that African country to practice in the UK with the country where the most doctors have come from being Nigeria, with over 8,200 doctors working in the NHS. And in USA, or USA as you know it, over 100,000 of its million physician workforce was trained in an African country. And this situation is mirrored when we look at the top 14 countries with medical doctors who are not trained in that country. All 14 countries are white Western countries, which range from having at its highest 42% of its doctors trained outside of the country to countries with less than 1% of doctors trained outside the country. So yes, this brain drain of Africa's best medical talent to the West is clearly a thing. But it didn't just start now. The draining of medical professionals from African and Asian countries, where for Asian countries, the brain drain is much, much more acute. Brains have been drained from these southern continents to northern and western continents to keep their people alive. And this has been going on for centuries. But guess what? What you don't hear about are the huge inroads being made in African countries into new areas of industry that have been attracting new African brains and young African brains from the West. These areas are now using technology to become some of the world's leading growth areas and attracting brains in technology is not the only area where African brains from the West are going. In fact, the fastest growing sectors in the African continent are agriculture, telecommunications, banking and fintech, infrastructure, both technological and physical, and oil and gas. And the continent has a mobile phone take-up of over 650 million people 
and counting, with over 85% of the population having access to mobile phone masts and connections and all the technical advances that come with that. In fact, African brains have contributed to the African continent having the largest mobile phone take-up in the world. And don't let anybody convince you that having a mobile phone in Africa is the same as having a mobile phone in the UK. Nah, What Africans use their mobile phone for in Africa is completely different. And in fact, is more likely to be used for small business transactions. Africa is now at the forefront of emerging global fintech industries. Fintech being the financial technology that is used in financial and banking industries. And Africa is the continent of all continents being touted as the next big thing in tech. Why? Because all the favourable indices that are needed for growth are in Africa. These being demographics, demographics meaning the structure of the continent's population, which really means our youth population. Then we have the spread of the population near key industrialised and urbanised areas of the continent. And then we have Africa's current position of having nearly 700,000 professional developers working in their African countries of birth and that sector being able to attract new African brains from outside the continent. Now, that might not seem like a lot, but trust me when I tell you, it is enough to have major Western and Eastern countries sit up and take notice, because what they know that perhaps we don't know or have not been told is that a third of the world's youth population aged 15 to 35, remember, youth is a major demographic for growth. Well, a third of the world's youth population will be in Africa by 2050, making Africa the world's youngest continent. And we all know that where there is youth, there is life, and where there is life, there is growth. The other move that is happening that will push Africa into key economic growth is the harmonisation of people movement and trade movement across the continent. And what is meant here is that all over the continent there is work taking place to remove barriers to freedom of movement of people across the continent and also work on removing trade barriers and tariffs between countries that will make trading easier. A bit like the European Union, but on steroids. It's taking place across the continent via work on the African continental free trade area. Now, don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying that everything is smelling of roses. We all know that the major problems with who controls Africa are still the key factors that we have to deal with when we're talking about liberating Africa. I haven't forgotten that. 
But what I am saying is that whilst we sit and talk about the situation in Africa and we get angry about our leaders and their failures in our cosy discussions in the West, something which is not going to change overnight or over the next decade, the people of the continent have given up waiting for us to stop talking and do something. And instead, they're working on solutions to the problems themselves. And the role of black sitters, the term I use for Africans from the West who have rematriated or returned to Africa to live and work, the role of black sitters is growing. And it's a growing area and body of work that cannot be overlooked or underestimated. You see, Contrary to the article I read, it's not the sickest of black sitters who are returning to African countries, and neither is it the oldest of black sitters who are moving, although some black sitters will fit both these profiles. This picture of the sickest and oldest, I believe, is being touted to scare you into remaining in Western countries, for which all the signs are that as these countries move to the political right, which might be great for their country egos and their ability to strip assets from state resources, it's really bad for the economic experience of the people who live there and the people who are likely to suffer the most from economic restructuring are African people, African descent people living in siloed areas where resources are the most expensive but the poorest of quality. So it's not just the sickest and oldest who are returning to Africa. Nah, there are black people from all kinds of professions who are returning to many different African countries. With countries I identified in podcast number 142, coming out high in the countries being chosen by black sitters. One example I came across was in 2020, when there were 40 international African descent people who had enrolled on a course in Ghana to update their law degrees to practice law in Ghana. By 2021, less than a year later, that number had risen to 120. That's 120 people who are looking to relocate to Ghana to practice law in less than one year. And this is just one profession and it's not the only profession. And it also cements Ghana as the number one returnee destination for Africans black sitting from the UK and USA. And the poor amounts of data that we have on the number of Africans from the West who are black-sitting to African countries still can't hide the fact that rather than being a health burden on African countries, we are in fact a real asset because we bring professions, knowledge, skills, experience of dealing with Western cultures, enthusiasm to live and work amongst local people and good health. And what's more, we've been doing this for decades. 
Would you believe, for example, that I live in Malawi and happen to be speaking at an online conference taking place in the UK when someone said to me, oh, I have a cousin that lives in Malawi and he's been there for 20 years. He's Jamaican. Now, I was shocked. I've travelled the country and I've met people, but they've always been really young. And I was also shocked because the usual image that is painted of Africans from the West who have been singing and chanting about returning to Africa for decades is an image of people who are Rasta, like me, with other people saying, oh, those people, they're always talking about moving back to Africa. That's all they talk about. I'm not Rasta. I don't want to move to Africa, etc., etc. Now, of course... This isn't an accurate picture, but to actually find someone who is not a diplomat, who is just an ordinary professional who went to do some work in Malawi and ended up staying there, like me, was a breath of fresh air. His name is Lincoln Bailey and you can find out about him online. And he's lived in Africa for 40 years and now lives in Malawi with his Kenyan wife where he owns a coal mine that supplies coal to various industries. And in the past, he owned an insurance broker firm for 24 years before he handed the whole business to his staff as a way of empowering them. As I said, Lincoln is married to a Kenyan sister that he met whilst at university in the UK. Then he visited her in Kenya and never returned to the West to live. He's worked for the Kenyan government and many other governments across Africa. And now he's working in the private sector and is an established businessman with a focus on coal mining and using coal to fire power stations to produce electricity. I mean, amazing. Who knew? Now that I'm in Malawi, I'm certainly going to try and meet him and interview him for this podcast. And people like Lincoln Bailey are not alone. There are many, many people who have been living their best lives in Africa for decades, going over to Africa in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s and 70s and adding real value to the lives of people they live with. No burden at all to see here. Instead, what we see is people sharing what we have to uplift in the small way that we can. And I love this. And whilst the press and others invest in propaganda that aims to deter you from leaving their countries... Over 110,000 people were visiting Ghana every year up to 2019. And over 10,000 of those people, mainly from America and the Caribbean, were living in Ghana up to 2019. And then what happened was the huge success of the Year of Return event, which took place in 2019. And as part of that event, the government earmarked 500 acres of land where survey and registration fees were waived so that about 1,500 African descent so-called diaspora families can have places to build homes and businesses. And where Akwesi Adjaman, 
the chief executive of Ghana Tourism Authority, Kwesi said, We want to remind our kin over there, meaning the West, or as one Ghanaian brother put it, over there where the boat take you. We want to remind our kin over there that there is a place for you to escape to here, that is Africa. During the Ghana Year of Return celebrations, which you can find information about in episode 15 of the podcast, African descent people visiting Ghana went up over 45% from 110,000 pre-event to 237,000 people visiting the country to take part in the Year of Return events. And it was a fantastic set of events, not without its problems, not without its issues, because we can't look at Africa through rose-coloured cataracts. But nevertheless, there was a lot to be learned from this event. And you can find a link to episode 15 in the show notes where you're listening to this podcast episode. So as I close out this week's episode, I want to remind you of your best life duty. And that best life duty is not to listen to anyone or anything that tries to stifle your spirit for change. And using your spirit and desire for change, you need to at least go look and see. Or as I put it, go look see by visiting an African or Caribbean country just to look and see what is there. Nothing helps to break out of the psychological constraints of Western living or expanding your mind and inspiring you to dream big than to go out to an African or Caribbean country, feel that hot sun on your back, relax Feel at home and then imagine what your life would be like if you didn't have to leave when your annual leave said you have to go back. Just imagine that. Me, I see black sitters not as burdens on Africa, but as the new pioneers, repeating the journeys and adventures that our parents and ancestors took, most recently during the Windrush era. To me, it feels like we are completing the triangle by returning to Africa to go look see. And knowing what I know, I never saw our people in the West elect to become burdens. So I don't accept that this is what we will become when we are living our best lives in Africa or a hot country of our dreams. Don't forget to check out the show notes for more information. And for me, we all have a chance to be the change we dream about and to be the change we want to see. You've been listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast. My name is Dr. Asha. And for this week, I'm out.